Greetings and welcome to the Trauma and Social Work Podcast. Thank you for listening to Season 2. You are listening to Tanya Octave, Licensed Clinical Social Worker. My goal is to provide education, resources, suggested practices, and understand more about the aspects of trauma and social work. This podcast is for you because we are all impacted by trauma. I am your host. Go grab your notepad, pen, or pencil, a warm cup of tea, and let's get down to business. This season is to focus on the voices of others impacted by trauma. Although I may speak on behalf of others with their permission, this is still their voice. You will hear from social workers, parents, families, children, teenagers, clinicians, and just so much more. You will hear from all people, regardless of their heritage, ethnic background, gender or sexuality, identification, social economic status, and much more. Let's take a deep, profound listening to all voices. podcast is not intended for medical, psychological, mental health, or legal advice. You should seek out a professional for individual and specific questions regarding your overall wellness. If you are experiencing a mental health crisis, call 911 or go to the nearest emergency room. In the prior weeks, we heard from social workers about their experiences. For this episode, I wanted to do something different. I wanted to share a young person's story with you. However, I decided to tell the story using my voice instead of hers for many reasons. Keep in mind, this is her story. My name is Laura. I struggled most of my life. I had many traumas and many experiences that got me to where I am today. I lived with my mom, Martha, early in my life. She was and still is a mess. She's an alcoholic and she had many men in her life, young and old, she dated, had one night stands and married a few men. It was hard understanding my mom, Martha, and why she did this to me. Then there was my dad. I don't even know who my dad was. So there was no dad. My earliest childhood memories was when I was three years old. This is when I remember parts of my sexual abuse. I say parts because there were so many men early in my life that my story gets jumbled into pieces. My mom never worked, so she had men give her money to have sex with me to get money for food and stuff. There is one memory I have of a man saying to me, I gave your mom a lot of money, so you have to do what I say. Then there was the moment my mom would give me alcohol. Drink this and it will make you feel better. 
As a child, you don't understand all the dynamics of child sexual abuse. But I thought this was normal. There must be other children doing this too. But what I did know is I hated it. Absolutely hated it. I hated men. I hated my mom. I hated life. This continued until one day at school when the social worker, the police, and my teacher called me into the room. They told me my mom was bad, evil, and I must leave my home. That part never made sense. That if Martha was bad and evil, why did I have to leave? Why did she not go to court or why did she never get arrested and go to jail? I felt I was the bad and evil person in all of this. So they decided to send me to my grandmother's house. Oh, I love my grandmother and she never sold me to other men. However, my grandmother was my mom's mom. So my mom would still come over to visit me. She would tell everyone in the family about how awful I was as a child. I was disrespectful for talking about family secrets to others. I was disloyal for trying to get my mother in trouble. I was the problem and everyone in the family knew it. Being 10 and living with my grandmother had its good parts, but boy, it made me feel like shit sometimes, especially when I was around family. Now, I'm not sure if you know about the Latino culture, but we have parties for everything. We eat and we eat more. There is something about family parties and eating that made people in my family happy. So I decided to stop eating. I just stopped. I would not eat during the day. I would not eat at parties. I would not eat during holidays. My family did not like this at all. I was disrespecting them. My aunts, uncles, and cousins knew I was a bad kid. I was challenging, oppositional, and defiant in everything. So I was forced into counseling. Then one day, the social worker, the police, and the counselor decided I needed to go into a group home. Once again, I was left alone and isolated. I felt shame. I felt guilt. I felt like my life had no meaning. The group home life was not a good place and there are many dangers in these homes, more so than being on the streets. I knew how to survive on the streets. So I ran away from the group home. I ran away from my family. I ran away from life. I did, I started using drugs and drinking more alcohol. I got into many fights. I was aggressive. You know, I figured if no one could protect me and keep me safe, I had to do it. It was around the age of 13. I met Rick. He was a cutie and I felt a sense of safety with him. He would stand up to my mom when she called me names. I felt protected by him. He stopped the abuse from other men, including those men in my family. 
he rescued me. We got pregnant and his violent behaviors and criminal choices got him a long, long jail sentence. So just like that, he was ripped from my life. I would try to go back to my family for help and reached out to the social workers a few times, but nothing changed. By the time I was 16, I had two small children. This time, the social workers felt I was not an appropriate parent and removed my children. I took this hard. I wanted to end my life and attempted several times. The blessing was it forced me back into counseling. I had many classes during the day and I sobered up. I got my shit together because I wanted to be a different parent, a different mom, and give my children an opportunity I never had. The only time I felt love was when I was with my children, which was my motivation. Now, my life has not been easy, mainly when I was a child, but all of this motivated me. I did see somewhat of a purpose. My mom inspired me not to be like her. As a result, I am stable and strong. My children are not sexually abused because I kept them safe. My family knew I was different. I am, I am different from my family. This is just not in the way that they suspected. I am different, not because I'm aggressive or defiant. I am different because I am loving, compassionate, and determined. The social workers, my attorney, and counselor advocated for me, and I regained custody of my children. I graduated from school, and many believed I would fail and fail again. I was the first and only person in my family to accomplish graduation. My mom, Martha, she showed up drunk but I'm used to it. My grandma passed away, but I knew she was proud of me. My dad, I don't even know who he is. My aunts, uncles, and cousins said positive things, but they still made their comments behind my back. My rescuer, Brick, he, he's still in jail, and we write each other every once in a while. My life still has many moments, some challenges, and some good moments. I don't use drugs, but I still struggle with partying, drinking alcohol, and managing the shame associated with my past. Laura's story is that of many girls and women across the world. I heard Laura's voice in the girls from Saudi Arabia, Egypt, South Africa, Mexico, El Salvador, Nicaragua, Philippines, China, and the United States. Girls are the victims of child sexual abuse. Girls are often blamed for their abuse and the adults in their lives systematically encourage repetitions in their trauma. For example, Laura was told she had to leave her mother Martha because her mother was bad. However, Martha never went to jail and had no real consequences for selling her daughter. 
This sent a deep and shameful message to Laura. Child sexual abuse and this story is not just Laura's story, but many girls and women in the world can relate. All across the world can relate to this story. They can relate to Laura's story in many ways and on many levels. I hope Laura's story touched you in some way. I will end this by saying, one out of three girls will experience sexual abuse in their childhood. As healthy adults, we need to do a better job changing how we treat girls, changing how the child welfare system punishes the child, and policies and laws that continue to shame and blame the innocent. Thank you, Laura, and may your motivation, love, compassion and determination continue to guide you towards the healthier version of yourself. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with others. Like below and subscribe to my channel. I will end by saying, the keys to happiness are following the path towards knowing oneself. Ancient Kemetic Proverbs.